0: Early in the 19th century, King Frederick William III was the king of Prussia, and at one time he found himself in a very precarious position. On the one hand, his nation was involved in a very costly war. On the other hand, he was embarked on a a tremendous economic program for developing his nation to be a great nation. And in the midst of this incredible situation, they ran out of money. And in running out of money, he was contemplating one of two things. One is stop the progress and disappoint all his people. Or capitulating to the enemy, which is unthinkable. As he prayed and deliberated, he finally approached the women of Prussia. Whenever you get into trouble, go and ask the women. They'll help you. He came to the women of his nation and he asked them if they would sacrifice their gold and silver jewelry. That it may be melted down and made into money for the good of the country. He told them that for each gold or silver ornament that they will give, he will give them back one of bronze or iron, as a token of his gratitude to their sacrifice. Each of this decoration of metal and bronze that were given to the women had the following inscription. I gave gold for iron, 1813. Now the response was incredibly overwhelming. It was so overwhelming. And what was even more overwhelming was these women prized these gifts from their king far more than gold and silver that they used to own. The reason was very clear. The bronze and the iron decorations that they received from their king were the mark of their sacrifice for their king. As a matter of fact, it is a matter of history, and you can check me on this, that it became unfashionable for women in Prussia to wear jewelry. And thus the order of the cross of iron was established. And all the members of that order were no ornament except that of an iron cross. What had happened here? Here's what happened. Generosity and sacrifice for the king became their way of life. Generosity and sacrifice for their king became the mark of true citizenship. Goodness and self-giving became the honor badge that they wore in all of Prussia. You know, in many ways, that's exactly what the Apostle Paul is saying here, and that's what he means here in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit. Turn with me, please, if you have your Bibles, to Galatians 5, beginning at verse 22. That word, goodness, we looked at love, joy, peace, long suffering. Now we come to goodness. One word, agathos. Agathos, which is translated goodness in most of your Bibles, it literally means. Giving to others as an outflow from the character that is filled with goodness. That's what it really means. It is like a fountain, a multi-layer fountain. And when you turn it on, it begins to fill the top layer, then the second layer, then the third layer, then all of the boundaries of the fountain. Then everybody else who comes near the fountain is going to get wet. It is a character that... Is so overflowing with goodness that it cannot help but fill everybody that comes anywhere near it. That's what it means, that's what goodness means. Not just is a good guy or he's a good woman. No, it's a lot more than that. You know, in reality, people have varieties of motives for giving, of giving of themselves, for giving their substance, whatever. And I have learned early in the piece never to judge people's motives. That's not my business, that's God's business. I only judge action. Some people give because it makes them feel good. Some people give because uh, it's a habit to give. Some people give out of obedience. I give because of obedience. I give of myself, of myself, because of obedience to the Word of God. And yet there are others who give out of selfish motives. You say, what do you mean by that? Selfish motives? How can anybody give out of selfish motives? I'll give you an example. A few years ago, Miami's Flagler Street, some of you know what I'm talking about, was lined by beautiful royal palms. And one day, six of those royal palm trees were vandalized and chopped down. And the city declared that they have no money to replace the trees. But within a very short period of time, a donor was found, a generous donor, Came up and said to the city, I will replace those trees. Now, I want you to listen to what I'm going to tell you. The former trees were 15 feet high and they formed a magnificent and perfect foreground for a very large billboard advertising Delta Airline. The donor. Who donated those six trees? The trees were 35 feet high. They obliterated the billboard, and nobody could see the Delta Airline advertising. Guess who the donor was? You guessed it right Eastern Airline. Well, I have to tell you what it isn't before I tell you what it is. This is not the kind of generosity that overflows from goodness that the Apostle Paul is talking about here in Galatians. Okay? Now, remember that. That is not it. I want you to listen very carefully to what I'm going to tell you. Because in this day and age, we love to use soft words and soft language, and we don't like to speak the truth very well. The opposite of goodness is evil. Period. There is no in-between. There is either goodness or there's evil. And the two are on opposite sides. The two are diametrically opposed. But I want to tell you something about evil. Evil does not like to look like evil. Evil works very hard on developing a good face. Evil works very hard to put on the face of goodness. Evil works very diligently on pointing, on wearing a goodness mask. And the Bible calls that hypocrisy and deception. Now, let's call it for what it is. Let me give you some examples. A politician gets caught in a web of lying, and then he tries to put a good face on it. So he says, well, really, it's not my fault. It's my mother and my grandmother didn't get along with each other. A man or a woman walk out on their family, and in order to put a good face on it, they say, "Well, I really owe it to myself to become happy in my marriage, and since I'm not happy in my marriage, this is a good decision." Someone drinks to excess and tries to put a good face on it. I just have too many problems in life, and I need time to forget my troubles. So they put good faith on what is destructive to their life and their bodies to say nothing of the misery that they cause to the loved ones. Or take the person who is blessed of the Lord and instead of being faithful with the blessings of God that God has given him or her, instead of turning back to God what belongs to God, they keep it. And then they try to put a good face on it. Oh, we have lots of expenses, Brother Youssef. Don't you understand? And surely you must know that God wants me to pay cash for my $100,000 car. Don't you understand that? Oh, yes, I do. I do understand that. In fact, uh, somebody told me and they said, You know, I am doing so well in, in the market. My investments have done so well. I'm not giving anything to God. And because I'm going to double everything, and when I do, I'm going to give God a big lump sum. Well, I told him something, and I'm sure his pastor probably likes me for it. I told him a story about R.G. Letourneau. R.G. Latono, the founder of Caterpillar movie, Earth Moving Equipment, was one of the great stewards of all times, one of the real generous men of, of his time. And uh, one day, he testifies that uh, he made more money one year than he ever made before in his life. So he said, well, look, I'm not going to be as generous this year. I'm going to take this money, and I'm going to invest it for God, and I'm going to really more than double it, and next year I'll give him a lot more than I've ever given him before. So he testifies what happened the following year. He lost it. He lost that investment altogether. And one day he said he was praying, and he was praying and feeling bad about what happened, and he heard the Lord to be speaking to him. And the Lord said to him, he said, Bob, next time, give me my money and I'll do my own investment. (laughs) You see, evil works hard on looking good and presenting the face and the mask of goodness. And lately, there's more and more of this thing of evil Putting on the mask of goodness than I have seen in a long time. Lately, I've seen more hypocrisy and lying and double talking and double dealing becoming respectable. I'm going to tell you why. Because, listen to what I'm going to tell you very carefully people look like the leaders, people act like the leaders. Amen. I believe that we have not yet seen, listen to me. because we have a very short attention span, I believe with all my heart that we have not begun to see the ramifications. We have not begun to see the consequences of putting a good face on evil and a good mask. And we call evil good and good evil. Listen to me. It's a matter of time. Mark my words. What's going to happen to us as as people? And the Word of God is telling us, Unequivocally, clearly, that generosity that is the outflow of the goodness of character is the true fruit and spirit of the spirit, period. Be careful of the false goodness. Be careful of the inferior goodness. Be careful of the fake goodness. It is nothing but evil with a good face on it. Agathos. Agathos. Agathos refers to the pure, sincere goodness. Agathos refers to the goodness that springs forth in a God-like action toward others. Agathos is characterized with honesty, with truthfulness, and with a blazing integrity. Agathos is generosity that flows out of the goodness of pure Self-giving to everyone around it. Agathos does not mean just giving of things or even giving of oneself it has a deeper meaning than this i wish i could even personally comprehend it let alone able to explain it to you agathos is the attitude that you have toward all those around you agathos is having an outstretched hands not a clenched fist agathos is the desire to help and comfort and encourage and motivate agathos is a virtue that cannot be contained it cannot be bottled up it ...cannot be hid from view. It is reflected in your finances. It is reflected in your thoughts. It is reflected in your speeches. It is reflected in your emotional reactions. Agathos, goodness, generosity. You know, of all the fruit of the Spirit... ...goodness or generosity... ...that is the outflow of the goodness of character... ...probably, most uniquely, the attribute of God... If there's an innocent man crucified, we would say, wow, isn't that incredible? But we're talking about God here, who left the glories of heaven. He was there before the creation, and yet He left it all. He took it off like a robe, and He came down as an embryo in a baby. And then He hung on a cross in order to satisfy the justice of God, so that whosoever comes to Him, believing, repenting, turning to Him, will be eternally saved from hell to heaven. That's it. That's the generosity of God that flows out of the goodness of the heart of God. People become like their leaders. And we become like those with whom we hang out. And when you hang out with God, you will reflect the character of God. When you hang out with God, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit of God on a daily basis. When you are hanging out with God, you will bear the fruit of the Spirit. Please listen to me very carefully. What I'm going to tell you is very important because I've seen that all across the world among Christians and churches of varieties of denominations and backgrounds. There are so many Christians who think the Christian life is a drag. There are some people in the churches who think the Christian life is hard work. There are Christians in the churches who think that Christian life is a drudgery. And there are even some who think the more drudgery it is, the more spiritual they are. I want to declare to you, listen to me carefully, I want to declare to you as loud as I can that this is wrong. This is not the Spirit-filled life. This is not the life in the Spirit of God. The Spirit-filled life is this. Listen carefully, please. The Spirit-filled life is this. The closer you get to the flame of the Spirit, the more joyful you'll become. The closer you get to the Spirit's fire, the purer you'll become. The spirit-filled life is that the closer you get to the Holy Spirit's light, the more glowing you become. The spirit-filled life is that the nearer you get to the fountain, the more overflowing that you'll become. The spirit-filled life is that the closer you walk with Jesus, the more you look like Jesus. That's it. Do you want to bear the fruit of goodness and generosity that flows out of a good heart? Then get filled with the Holy Spirit of God. On a daily basis, every day, empty yourself of yourself and even of your own opinions and say, the Holy Spirit of God, fill me, take over today. Get to know the character of God on a daily basis. Get to talking to God on a daily basis. Get to hearing the voice of God on a daily basis. Listen to what Martin Luther, the great German reformer said, whoever knows that God is gracious to him, Whoever knows that God is gracious to him walks through life along the path of roses, even in tribulation. And for him, the land flows with milk and honey. That's it. It is knowing that God is so gracious to you and understanding, comprehending, appreciating, responding to the graciousness of God that will bless you in life. I know some of you are familiar with this common psychological disorder in children, which is called attention deficit disorder, ADD for short. Those with ADD have difficulty concentrating and focusing on the task at hand. I am convinced, listen to me please, I am convinced in my own heart that the vast number of Christians have what I like to call SADD. Spiritual Attention Deficit Disorder. (laughs) They can't concentrate on their prayers. They can't concentrate on their Bible study. They can't concentrate on serving consistently. They can't concentrate on ministering faithfully. Why? Why? Like the ADD child, they are fighting too many biological and learned forces that easily distracts them. To be sure... We are fighting. We are fighting. We are fighting fallen nature destruction. We are fighting the devil destruction. We are fighting the world system destruction. We are fighting the television and and the media destruction. To be sure, yes... But the only way you and I can overcome, the only way you and I can develop the character of God, the only way you and I can reflect the character of God to a world that is going to hell in a basket is by daily making time to be with God. You may have to get up an hour early. You may have to turn the television off an hour early. You may have to have somebody who holds you accountable for spending time with God. Do whatever it takes to be filled daily with the Spirit of God in order that you may bear the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to tell you this and I'm going to close. It's a telling story. And hopefully will illustrate what I'm desperately trying to convey to you. The story has taken place back in the mid-50s, where a beggar was walking down the street and he stopped a well-dressed businessman and he asked him for a quarter. A quarter was a lot of money back then. And this businessman looked at this beggar in the eye and kept looking at him and kept looking at him and he said, Dad, I know you from somewhere. I've met you somewhere. Your face is so familiar. And the beggar said, You should. He said, I'm your former classmate. He said, you remember second floor, old main hall? And the man said, Sam, why, of course I know who you are. And without any further questions, the businessman pulled out his checkbook, and he wrote a check for $100. Again, a bit of money back there. And he gave it to him, and he said, look, he said, "Take this. Go and get a new start. I don't know what. I don't care what happened in the past. It is what the future that really counts. Go and get your life together. Cash the check." And with that, each of them parted their own way, separate ways. And the man stood with the check in his hand, eyes welled with tears. He walked toward the bank to cash the check. And then, when he got to the bank, and saw the well dressed teller behind the desk, the spotless floor, clean and interiors. He himself, his dirty clothes. He said, I can't go in there. I can't go in there. They would think I forged it. I don't look like the people who are inside. They will never give me this kind of money. They'll swear that I forged it. And as he muttered these words, he turned away from the bank and went away. And next day, the two men happened to meet again. And the man was surprised. He said, Sam, what did you do with my money? Did you gamble it? Did you drink it away? What did you do with my money? And the man put his hand in his dirty pocket pulled out the check and he told him why he didn't cash it. And the businessman looked him in the eye. He looked him face to face. He let the eyes meet and he said to him, he said, listen my friend, what makes the check good is not your clothes, is not your appearance. What makes the check good is my signature. Go and cash it. Beloved friends, I want to tell you, you know, there are many Christians who are spiritually in rags. Oh, yes, physically, they may be in the latest fashion, but but spiritually, they are in rags. And spiritually, they are tattered and, and they're bedraggled. And they look to the fruit of the Spirit. Of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And they're looking from the outside in and they say, I can't do that. I can't do that. Like the beggar on the outside of the bank looking in. They're saying, I can't do that. It is impossible for me to do that. And the devil loves to see you defeated. The devil loves to see you helpless. The devil loves to see you in a state of resignation. But here's the good news. The good news of the Word of God says, God comes in through His Word and He will say to you, it is not your spiritual rags that matter. It is not your efforts that will help you. It is not your trying harder that will bless you. It is not your public image that you are trying to project that will bless you and help you. No, it is my strength that counts. It is your identity with me that will give you the power. It is hanging out with me and my son through the Holy Spirit and spending time with me that will bless you and will allow the goodness to overflow with generosity. Go cash it. It is God's signature that count shall we pray there may be someone here has been trying so hard they think they can earn their way to heaven and heard for the first time it is only by grace that you are saved not works this is a critical moment when you can say yes to Jesus thank him for dying on the cross for you Receive the gift of salvation that he's offering you today. Repent and turn to him. There may be somebody here who's been a believer for many years. And they're walking their Christian life in drudgery. And they're trying hard. And the Spirit of God has spoken to you and says, you know, you heard my word. It's not through your hard work and your effort. And it's when you come under my authority that I will flow in you and within you and through you with goodness and generosity that you have never, ever, ever experienced before. If the Holy Spirit of God has spoken to you, it's between you and God. Nobody else is business. It's your business. God knows. He spoke to you. And if he did, I beg you, respond. God has been gentle to you. He's been speaking to you. Don't harden your heart. I'm tired of the drudgery. I want to live the spirit-filled life. I want to live the joyful life. And daily be filled of the Spirit of God. Not just now. just yes, now, but on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Every single day be filled of the Spirit. That's what it's all about. Holy Spirit of God, we bless you that you have spoken to us. You have spoken to me. I bless you and thank you. And Holy Spirit of God, lift up our prayers. Take them to the Father. Oh, Father, we cry to you and pray to you that we have come in obedience, that we have come in surrender. Father, we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit that when Jesus was lifted up on high, He left Him, He sent Him to us in order to bring us into conviction. Oh God, we pray that as we are filled with Him, that we would never grieve Him by disobedience, that we would never quench Him by refusing to hear His voice. And Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way.